You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is Friday, April 16th, and of course you know that means one thing. We've got Jenna Harner right on the show with us from Channel 11 WPXI. We're going to talk about a few things. Further looking at the, the coming back of Vince Williams, we look at the Steelers situation. Like Tom always says, volunteers not hostages. We'll talk about how that applies to what they're doing right now, and then we'll compare it to the Cleveland Browns situation where they're signing free agents for big money and whether or not that's good or bad for each team. And then finally, we'll talk about something that everyone's been talking about all week and whether Julian Edelman is actually worthy of the Hall of Fame and which Steelers should actually get in before him. It's a fun show. Remember to subscribe to the Lockdown Steelers podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Odyssey, what used to be radio.com. And if you leave us a five-star review with a positive comment, you get a shout-out at the end of the show. Let's get into it. So as usual on Fridays, we like to have Jenna Harner from Channel 11, WPXI in Pittsburgh, doing the doggone thing right here on the show, wrapping up the week with you. But Jenna, I, I wanted to get a sense from you about, you know, we saw how the news broke out on Wednesday with the Steelers re-signing Vince Williams. He's coming back for less money than what his original contract was. And now, this is now Vince Williams, Tyson Alulu, Ben Roethlisberger, and Juju Smith-Schuster, who have all taken less money from either other offers or previously approved contracts to stick with the Steelers and play with them in 2021 that seems to me it identifies with what Mike Tomlin always says: we want volunteers, not hostages. What do you, what's your response when you see this developing on a professional team? I mean, it shows that these four guys want to be a part of what the Steelers are going to be doing next season. I think that was something that was really interesting because when you saw things the way that things worked out with Tyson, just in particular, no, he was ready to go to Jacksonville. He was all set. He was all ready. Obviously, it came out that he got COVID. And then had some time to really sit and think and evaluate, you know, do I want to be a part of this? Is this the place that I want to go? Obviously, that was the team that initially drafted him. So do I want to go to Jacksonville? And then when he stopped and thought, you know, about what this team was, what he had here in Pittsburgh, his family, all that. And he was like, no, you know, I'm going to stay. And then we saw just the same thing. I mean, Vince, obviously a little bit of a different situation. The Steelers cutting him because of the cap space, trying to save some money. But again, he had options elsewhere. We saw uh, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN's report on Wednesday that basically said he had offers elsewhere, but decided he wanted to come back to Pittsburgh. So these guys want to be a part of this team. And look, this team always expects, as you know, they expect to win. They expect to have success. They expect to make a push for the Super Bowl season in season out. I think there's also a little bit of realism with knowing that this team isn't what it was last year, but granted too, people look at what the record was last year. And I remember a lot of people say, Oh, it was 11 and Oh, but quote unquote air quotes here, 11 and Oh, right. Um, But you know, there is that realistic expectation with what they lost, but at the same time, these guys are like, Hey, we want to be a part of this. We like what this team does. We like what the coaching staff does. We like what we know our role is going to be on this team. 
And I think that bodes well for a lot of these guys. Again, you see, you know, Juju testing the waters and whether it was, you know, he didn't get the offers that he wanted, thing reports are exaggerated, things on those lines. He's back in Pittsburgh. Vince is back in Pittsburgh. Tyson is back in Pittsburgh. So these are three kind of key contributors. I think that a lot of people were very worried about losing in the off season. And now that they're all here, they want to play in the system. They want to play for Mike Tomlin and they want a chance to contend at a Super Bowl. I know people say, oh, is that really realistic for this team? But it's more realistic, at least in my opinion, than without these guys on the team. Exactly. And this is why I always say, you know, I, I keep bringing it up that, you know, it's it, winning the lottery is not a retirement plan. It's a, you know, it's a saying that when you that I, that I got from Dominique Foxworth, but when the, the Steelers play and they compete every year and people are like, Oh, when are they just going to lose so that they can draft a high quarterback? This is what not losing gets you. This is what being competitive every single year. I can't remember the last time the Steelers played a game in week 17 of the NFL season and didn't have some shot at the playoffs. It might be 2003, the year before Ben Roethlisberger. And or actually, it might be 2006 because they, they couldn't make the playoffs that year, but they could ruin the Bengals' plans, and they did that year. But still, point being, every year they're competitive and they're fighting to get into the playoffs. And you're thinking, like, man, like, it's – as a player, you're like, if I if I go somewhere else, you know, unless it's the Chiefs or the Packers or, you know, the Saints or some, some other team that's been consistently in the run and you see got all the superstar players on it, you're like, why would I go somewhere else where we're probably going to lose more or if, if there's a chance that we could win more, but there's no definitive thing. I know I have my guys here and not just an environment that I'm with, but these are my friends. I mean, when Tyson Alou came back, the Steelers were rejoicing on Twitter. And then the actual Steelers, Cam Hayward, Stephon Tewitt, Joe Hayden. And then with Vince Williams, son, Joe Hayden said, this made my day. Like that's the environment that they have. And Cam Hayward just so thrilled that he, he said something, I think it was his tweet had the word, like, you thought he was leaving psych. Or psych. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, these guys know what this team brings. And like you said, this is a team that has had so much success, sustained success for so long compared to looking at these other organizations. Sure. These guys can go to teams like a Jacksonville, like a New York jets, like a chargers type team, and play and make money, but are you going to continuously be able to contend for a championship in the sense where, you know, they're making the playoffs, they're potentially putting themselves in positions to have playoff success. Is this team having the playoff success? It was X number of years ago. That's what a lot of people can kind of say, well, you know, right now they don't stack up to, you know, the chiefs or the bills and the AFC, that type thing. But this team every year has a chance to get into the playoffs more often than not. And a lot of these guys want to be a part of that. I think that's a huge part of this. And it's a huge part of what has made the Steelers organization be like this for so long is that, you know, and you think over the years, guys that have stuck with the team. And that's why, again, this is why the Steelers don't have to make huge splashes in free agency usually because they're, they're drafting guys that they like that fit into the system and they're retaining most of those guys. And that's why they, it's like, Hey, we don't got to make splashes because our splashes are made in the draft, which is again, why Kevin Colbert is planning. He's like, Hey, we'll bring in some guys here and there to help out the roster and fill out the depth chart. But the big moves this offseason is what they do on draft day, and we'll see what happens with that later on. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk to Jenna because another AFC North team made a big move this week in free agency. But I want to compare it to what the Steelers are doing themselves and who is in a better situation or at least a better philosophy. We'll get to that right after this. 
This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10 This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Jenna Harner from Channel 11 WPXI. So, Jenna, of course, the other big news in the AFC North, uh, and this was, I guess, the big news of the AFC North, with Jadavian Clowney signed with the Browns on a $10 million deal. Uh, and part of this part of this situation is that Jadavian Clowney last year supposedly passed up the Browns. He went with the Titans, and then he played a season with them, and now he's been on the free agency market. He's been out here the whole time. And uh, he was supposed to fly in earlier this week, and then something happened with his flight, and then he flew in later, and now he's signed with the Browns. So now the Browns have uh, Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney out on the edge, um, and they also signed Tack McKinley uh, to a short-term deal. So now they, they have those guys. They're signing, you know, former first-round picks. So that's two – that's two – first overall picks on each edge rushing side. They also have a third with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. Um, This is a complete opposite from what the Steelers have always done. And, you know, I see some people nationally are saying like, oh man, the Browns, they're even locally, like a 93.7, the fan, they're saying, oh, you know, the Browns, they're the team of division. They're making all the moves, but it's like, how many times do we have to see the, the, the winning in the off season doesn't always equate to winning during the season. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it was just so interesting because when you hear Jadavian Clowney, everybody automatically thinks exactly who he was a handful of years ago. And it was, oh, you know, he's such an intense guy. He's getting all the sacks. He's putting up all the numbers. In reality, especially I think this year, there has been a drop off from the last handful of years from what we've seen of Clowney. Is he still that big name? Absolutely. Is he still a pretty big playmaker? Yeah, of course, he's going to make some big plays, but Correct me if I'm wrong, but he didn't have a sack with the Titans at all last season. No, you are correct. So just to see kind of, I think it was more of like the hype surrounding the name versus looking into exactly what he's done the last couple of seasons, how he's played, how he's fared. Again, he's a fantastic player. I think he's going to find success with the Browns, but I don't think they're going to be as big and menacing in that sense that everybody's making them out to be where it's like, oh my goodness, throw your hands up. It's over. They have Garrett. They have Clowney. It's all over. Offenses are never going to be able to run at all. They're just going to sack them left and right. Like I just realistically, I just don't see that being a thing. I do see him making plays. I will say that. But again, I just don't think that he is entirely at the level right now where where he was a couple years ago, where when you hear Jadavian Clowney, it's like, oh, we really have to game plan for this guy. And, and even in those years when he was with the Texans, I mean, he never got double digit sacks in a season. 
It was always like nine and a half or he'd fall short from there. And like you said, last season, no sacks with the Tennessee Titans. And, and when the Steelers played him, he wasn't a factor. No. And it, it's just the fact that he hasn't, and maybe maybe this new place will help, will help him out. But Miles Garrett also wasn't a factor late in the season for the Browns. He was he was kind of falling off, and part of that was COVID because he went through that, and he was obviously not the same. And we hope that he can get back to where he was because you don't want to see any person struggling with COVID like that. But no. but still, it's like just slapping them together. Like you know, at the beginning of the uh, beginning of the week, I talked with uh, with our guy Tony Serino because. Uh, our locked on NFL host, uh, Bo, Bo, Bo Brack, uh, he created a top five uh, pass rushing duos in the NFL. And he listed Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney before Clowney even signed with the Browns. But he didn't list TJ Watt with Stephon Tuitt or Cam Hayward and these guys who have been all pros or pro bowlers or guys with double digit sack seasons. And I'm just like, do, do people actually pay attention here because like you said Jadavion Clowney you and I have as many sacks as Jadavion Clowney did last season yeah. like where, where's our 10 million dollar contract yeah can I make that money that sounds really <laughs> nice right about now uh, but again I think this is one of those things where on paper it looks really 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 good but right. how is it going to come to fruition type thing what are we really going to see what are we going to be talking about at the end of the season between the two of those guys and their numbers I think that kind of leaves to be a little bit unseen right now. It does. Now, again, comparing that to the Steelers, yeah. like this, like the Steelers, this, this offseason, they haven't paid anyone big, big money. In fact, they've shed big money. They've gotten rid of Steven Nelson. Ben Roethlisberger took a pay cut. Juju took a, a you know, it's, it's barely impacting their salary cap this season. Vince Williams was cut only to be re-signed, you know, for, for a lot less money. So, They've been they've been handling the the salary cap situation, which you know it's unfair to everybody. Everybody's dealing with it in their own way. They're shrinking things down and they're they're making it fit. And you know it's different. And again, they're they're planning to make their big moves in the draft. The Browns they're signing guys to big money. We'll see how that yeah. plays out for them. Now, Browns fans, I'm sure, are sitting saying, "Well, it worked this year because you know we signed a bunch of guys in the offseason. We beat the Steelers in the playoffs, and for the first time in franchise history, it's obvious what we're doing is working." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, maybe, but it was again, it was a game where the Steelers had to give have five giveaways that were mostly unforced errors for that to even happen. The Steelers still went 12 and four on the season, and had they started their starters in Week 17, they probably pushed the Browns up the playoffs. So it's you know, and the only reason they did that was because they didn't have a bye week, and they said, "Let's get some of our guys some rest." And then it backfired on them when their guys came 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 in rusty. But again, I just I look at this philosophy, and I go with the ways that have worked for years, and not just for the Steelers. It's how the Packers operate. It's how you know. It's it's how the Patriots operated. The, the, the Patriots so many times. Bill Belichick would let go of Chandler Jones or somebody else, and they'll say, "Hey, they'll be back, or we'll find somebody else." And they make it work the way that they they need to make it work so that they can uh, they can maintain the team structure. Because if you have people you're ready to build around, you build around them. But you don't go out and spend big money that you don't that, that might come back to bite you just for outside guys who again, you know, they can be all talk and big names, but little production. Yeah, especially in recent history. I mean, again, you mentioned the Steelers, you mentioned the Packers, and you mentioned the Patriots, and it's pretty easy to find a pretty common link there. Obviously. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, there's a Patriots player I want to talk about with Jenna because it relates to some Steelers topics we've had on this show in regards to the Hall of Fame. You probably know who I'm talking about. We'll get to that right after this.
You need a snack that's going to both help you get through the rest of your day, but also be good for you. That's where Built Bar comes in. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six of their newest ones, being caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisps. There's so much to enjoy. And also, don't forget, they help you lose and maintain weight. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for anyone that's currently on a keto diet. Right now, Built Bar has a special promo code for you to get a great deal on their website. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's LOCKEDON15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. BetOnline.ag, the only place that we trust here in the Lockdown Podcast Network to place bets on. Even though football season's over, there's a ton of different ways to make money by gambling on sports right now. If you go to BetOnline.ag today and sign up for your free account, you'll get a 50% bonus to your first deposit simply by entering the promo code Locked on. That's L O C K E D O N. Locked on. All capital letters and all one word. And that will get you your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Right now, sure, the NFL is done, but you can put money down on where certain free agents might be going in the NFL. You can also bet on college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL. All different ways to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. BetOnline.ag. Remember, Use that promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, locked on, all capital letters, all one words, to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Jenna Harner of Channel 11 WPXI. So, Jenna, of course, I was alluding to the point that Julian Edelman, the, uh, the, 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 the I wouldn't say long time, but for the past several years, has been a slot receiver for the New England Patriots, three-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. He has retired from the NFL after the Patriots cut him because um, he didn't pass a physical. And, of course, what happened was everyone then starts, well, is he in the Hall of Fame? Now, to some Steelers fans, this might sound ridiculous, but there's a lot of people pushing this narrative. Adam Schefter went on his podcast earlier this week and said he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, Joy Taylor on, on Fox Sports 1, she said he's a Hall of Famer. And Joy Taylor's a noted Steelers fan because she's from here. And it's like, it's like, well, wait a second. What are y'all looking at? Jenna, I, I know you're from the New England area. You're not a Patriot. You didn't grow up a Patriots fan. And you no, covered the Bills. She's like, well, yeah, don't you put that on me. Very clear that I'm not a Patriots fan. Just but, put it but out there. You, I believe you grew up a Giants fan. You've covered the Bills, and now you're covering the Steelers. So all those three teams don't like the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you, you look at this situation. It's like, where do you stand on this argument? Because to me, it's completely ludicrous to think that he's in this conversation. I'm right there with you. And it's very funny because when I saw this on Twitter, my, I, I just started rolling my eyes. I'm like, are you kidding? Did he have a very successful career? Absolutely. Did Mm -hmm. he do a ton for the Patriots? Absolutely. Did he make huge impacts in the Super Bowl? Absolutely. I'll never forget. What was that in the Atlanta Super Bowl? And they were coming back his catch where it was like, was it a catch? Was it not a catch type thing that turned the entire momentum of that game? Is he a playmaker? Absolutely. Is he a Hall of Famer? I don't think so. And then this is really funny just because on Twitter, I've just been seeing it explode, but everyone's like, if you're making the case for Julian Edelman, you better be making the case for Heinz Ward. Exactly. Because yep. 
when you look at their numbers, Heinz Ward has like several thousand more yards, several, you know, dozens more, more touchdowns. You know, Julian Emma has 36 touchdowns in his career. I think Heinz Ward has like what, 85 or something like that. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. And the, the stat that I pulled up, cause I looked at, okay, let's look at who had the best single season, single seasons since Adelman's been in the league. So he came into the league in 2009. That was his, that was his first season, right? I yep. pulled up. I pulled up. I, I went and did the research, and I, I said, "Okay, let's get the uh, let, let's get the top receiving years, like the most receiving yards a player has had in a single season since 2009, and rank them from from that." And um, uh, it it looks it looks like when when you, when you do this, I pulled up. I pull up all sorts of guys since 2009, and the best season of this is Calvin Johnson. But see, this is this is where. This is where it comes in because all these players I'm about to name, they are more Hall of Fame caliber than Julian Edelman. And these are just since he's been in the league. Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Michael Thomas. Mind you, several of these guys have are on this list multiple times for the seasons that they had for having the most receiving yards in a single season since 2009. Demarius Thomas, even Josh Gordon's on this list for the ridiculous 2013 season he had. Andre Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, uh, Wes Welker, who I think is even a patriot who's even more deserving of the Hall of Fame than Julian Edelman. Victor Cruz, Stephon Diggs, Mike Evans. I could go on and on. The, He's not in the top 100 of, of receiving yards in a single season since he's been in the NFL. How in the world can you be in the Hall of Fame when you're not even in that discussion? Yep. No, absolutely. And then I think this kind of just like muddles the Hall of Fame discussion a little bit too, because it's like, okay, if you're really talking about Julian Edelman getting in the Hall of Fame, who else are we going to put in the Hall of Fame ahead of him? And again, I think a lot of people, when they go to Heinz Ward, everyone, a lot of people think he should be in it. And a lot of analysts are like, I don't even know if Heinz Ward should be in it. And if Heinz Ward shouldn't, again, analysts are saying this, not me. These are not (laughs) my words. No, Dean's saying it. I'll tell you that, but Dean's saying, so you could put all of, all of that hate Steelers fans towards Dean I and Pietro. You can definitely do that. Just not this (laughs) week, do it next week. Um, But it's just, to me, you look at, again, you mentioned the numbers, just even from Ward to Edelman, um, 12 Ward in his career had 12,000 yards. Edelman had 6,800 yards. There's just such a gap there. Yes. Yards. Yes. Touchdowns. You know, both of them were super bowl MVPs. Absolutely. Sure. Fine. But you look at the fact too, Heinz Ward hasn't made the final ballot in the last five years. And again, just looking at the stats also, I know Pro Bowl is not a defining factor by any means. Mm-hmm. Edelman is zero. Exactly. And that's the whole point. Like you, if you were never even thought to be one of the best of your position in any year that you play in the NFL, James Conner and Juju have Pro Bowls. And, and so if if you can't even get on that level, how am I going to put you there? And, and again, now, to counter some of the arguments that we hear, some people will say, well, he has the most receiving or the second most receiving yards in, in playoff history in the NFL. I'm like, okay, that's cute. He has 1,442 receiving yards in the playoffs because he plays with Tom Brady and was always in the playoffs. You know, Heinz Ward had 1,100. But guess what? Heinz Ward also had twice as many touchdowns in the playoffs as Julian Man. How much, how, much how much is that really worth? And then another thing I've seen some Patriots fans do because I've seen Patriots fans and Steelers fans digging at each other in this. Some Patriots fans say, well, Lynn Swan doesn't have those numbers, those numbers that Julian Edelman has. Why is he in the hall of fame? And Jenna, 
I, I can't because because Glenn Swan did finish with 5,400 receiving yards, um, and which was what you know 1,400 less than than Edelman. But when you look at Glenn Swan's numbers, he had first of all in a in a running era where you were able to beat up receivers all over the field. Lynn Swan had 15 more touchdowns in his career than Julian Edelman and four more touchdowns in the playoffs. And, and, and again, he's a four-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. So he had all that and he was one of the best receivers of his era. Edelman's just not in that conversation. I just, I, I've said it before when, you know, when people were talking about it during his career and I was like, who thinks these things? Um, and I think honestly, too, it's part of the fact that he is a New England Patriot and it's kind of tied into the success that the Patriots have had. And again, who was his quarterback? Yeah. Don't forget who his quarterback was, Tom Brady. They, I, I just, I feel like obviously every year, too, we talk about, oh, the Patriots in the playoffs. Again, when you have that much, when your team is that successful, and yes, when you are an integral part of that team, absolutely some of that success is going to be reflected on you as it should on Edelman. But again, I just don't think, I think it's like looking at it as like, oh, Edelman Patriots, they won a bunch of Super Bowls. Yeah. He's part of the conversation type thing. I just don't think it's has as much merit as a lot of people are giving it. I agree. And, and here's the other thing is that there's current Steelers on in, in the, in the wait for the hall of fame who have those Super Bowl credentials and, and they can't get a Elsie Greenwood still has the most sacks in Super Bowl history and can't get a look from from and he's there's only one member of the steel curtain defensive line that's in the hall of fame and that's mean joe green and he's one that says like lc deserved to be, to, to be in um you know, it took donnie shell until just now to get in and he's one of the all-time interception guys and hard hitter and a four-time super bowl champion like like uh, that's just with all the people that are in line you know and not just receivers because we're talking with you know like dave damashek brings up tory holt and, and you know on top of heinz ward and all these other guys you know reggie wayne's waiting to get in there's actual guys who were top five receivers of their era even if you're top 10 it's like okay julian Edelman was never top 10 in an era of uh, the era of receivers that we played in and sure is that because there's a lot of amazing athletes that have played the position absolutely but that's the whole point if you're not of them i i don't need to to, to uh, you know one of the things they always say can I tell the story of the NFL without Julian Edelman? Yes, yep. I can. That's that's it right there. That's I, I think that just ends it. That's it. <laughs> Absolutely. Jenna, thanks so much for making the time to come on the show. As always, you're a joy to have here. Please let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. It is always a joy to be here. It's my favorite part about ending the week. It really is. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jenna Harner 11, uh, Instagram at Jenna underscore Harner. We really have a bunch of cool stuff coming on WPXI. I'm giving a little plug uh, this weekend, Penguins fans, uh, the Penguins Sabres game on NBC, three o'clock on Saturday. We have a hour of pregame coverage starting at two o'clock, hour of postgame coverage as soon as the game wraps up. Got some really awesome stories there, uh, including the fact that this is the first ever joint pride game between two oh, wow. NHL teams, which is awesome. So we've been kind of chatting with uh, a bunch of the Penguins and the staff all week just about what this really means to them and why this is so important. So uh, keep a lookout for that. we got some really cool stories ahead. Um, and, you know, hopefully the Penguins kind of keep on rolling. It's crazy. The end of the season, the draft for the end. My email's going off. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> we have the end of the NHL regular season ahead of us. We have the NFL draft right ahead of us. Really exciting time. 
Absolutely. Thanks again, Jenna. And do check out all those things on Channel 11. They do a lot of great work covering sports here in Pittsburgh. You can also watch WPXI now online. If you go to their website, you can watch you can watch things there to catch up on things if you're not in the Pittsburgh area. But they do a lot of great work. Um, and thanks again, Jenna, for having you on. I'm Chris Carter, your host. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at, at Carter Critiques. Um, you can also join the Locked On Steelers Facebook group with its 1,400 fans strong. Remember to subscribe to the Locked On Steelers podcast. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and now the Odyssey app, which used to be radio.com. Check us out in all those different ways. Subscribe to us. Rate us five stars with a positive comment, and you get a shout-out at the end of the show. Don't forget to leave your mock drafts on, on our fa- Locked On Steelers Facebook group, as well as hitting me up on, on either of my platforms with your mock drafts to be considered for one of the last mock draft Mondays we're going to have this week. Chris Carter, Jenna Harder, everyone have a great weekend.